You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. This year, Mash Those Buttons is proud to announce that we will have three shows participating in World of Podcasts at Con Before the Storm presented by Medieval Times. First, Nick from WoW Talk and the Torn and the Goblin will join Medros from All Things Azeroth, Eliandros from Dungeon Fables, Frasley from the Frazzlecast, Tosh Mifune from the Half Hill Report, Berserker from Unshackled Fury, and Stone from WoW Challenges to talk about what we can expect for Warcraft this year on Pod Before the Con Warcraft on October 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Then, at Con Before the Storm, Katie from The Torn and the Goblin will be joining Ben from Azeroth Roundtable, Josh from Countdown to Classic, Jocelyn from Four Azeroth, Shoe Boots from Merely a Setback, Rob from The Training Dummies, and Frosty from The Worgen's Howl for the Warcraft panel. Also, Blaze and Bob from Watchpoint Radio will be on the Overwatch panel with Icy from Enter the Iris, Blevins from the High Noon podcast, Rob from the Omnic Lab, Andres from the Owl Recap, and Totemly Drunk from the Overwatch League Network. Both those panels will be live at Con Before the Storm on November 1st. Check out conbeforestorm.com for more information. We look forward to you joining us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Bobby Schisler, also known as Blazing Bob. Hey, hey, hey. Glad to be back. All right. And also here with Josh Kender, also known as Kender. Oh, hell yeah. What y'all know about the Texas rattlesnake? <laughs> yeah nobody yeah, that's, nobody that's get what that. we're going with this week nobody get that yeah, i do yes okay. <laughs> <laughs> i was almost yeah, disappointed no 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 <laughs> i need like a core light in my hand and sure <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna go somewhere with that i was hoping for dialogue but you let me down ja you let me down bro. okay this i let you down me yeah. i let you down I'm supposed to okay, have dialogue sorry. here it's yeah. a podcast. <laughs> yeah. This is episode number 130. We're going to have tons of dialogue about Overwatch <laughs> on this Ooh. on this episode. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we were recording on October 16th for release on October 17th. Got BlizzCon coming up, so obviously um, Blizzard's trying to keep news internalized. Not much leaking out right now, but shit, we still got topics because we can talk about just about anything. Uh, we got some quick updates. We're going to talk about Bastions and One Tricks, and we're also going to talk about Mercy a little bit and uh, some ideas for a rework, another rework of Mercy, since people are going to be complaining about it, but it's just kind of like, eh, we'll see. We'll talk about it. We'll see what comes out of it. 
Uh, but before we do that, I'd like to welcome any first-time listeners. Thank you very much for taking the time to check out Watchpoint Radio. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, for the new guys, we do talk about Overwatch news and competitive and some esports, but the primary focus of the show is the community and the state of the game. If you do enjoy the show, you want to keep up with us, you know, you follow us on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash watchpointradio, and we would love to have you join us on Discord, which is discord.me Smash, smash the button and enjoy and, you know, come and join the conversation there. And actually, before I uh, continue, I just want to shout out the new people who hopped in the Discord. I never really thought me saying get in the fucking Discord on the show <laughs> would actually bring people to the Discord. So <laughs> Use the uh, S-Bob and they will come. Yeah. yeah, so shout out shout out to you guys who, who came into Discord looking to, uh, you know, group up with some players after... You know, we uh, we talked about it last week. Welcome and, to uh, Thunderdome, bitch. What you say? <laughs> said? Welcome to Thunderdome, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, big shout out to Lee. I actually got the chance to play. He was a new uh, came into Discord, and I actually got a chance to to play with him. Um, and we'll kind of get into a little bit more of that a little bit later. But yeah, you know, welcome guys, and I like to re- uh, uh, thank any returning listeners. You know. If we, that's why we do the show for you guys who come back and listen every week. Uh, so it, whether it is your first for listen or 129th for listen, thank you very much for, you know, continuing to uh, hang out with us. We do have some new subscribers on Twitch, Miggy to Z. Thank you very much, Miggy. We talk about them all the time. We also talk about Heroes of Overwatch and he's the admin for that page. So we appreciate the support. Thank you very much. And also savory parsnips. With the sub this week. That Thank is you very a much. class A screen name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. Savory parsnips. It's great. I like it. What's for dinner, man? Savory parsnips. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And no new patrons this week. Uh, we got a little bit of community feedback. Um, it's actually just a bit of a reply from uh, the topic we talked about last week. Well, actually, the community. Uh, feedback we had from last week from Jeff Kozlowski, <laughs> but he says, uh, you know, well, I appreciate you guys responding to my tweet, guys. I hope you didn't take my comments as salty. I agree with your comments on FPS and your comments on hardware advantage. I think you can alienate the minority in a situation like this because you are essentially putting ASR cap on those who want to be the best on their console using the primary method if lobbies aren't split. I agree with the positives you guys point out, uh, point out, guys. Thanks for keeping the conversation going. The last thing I want to see is those who use XIM before Blizz enables support banned. Um, which actually, that's something I, I kind of forgot about. Somebody made a post about that. I do want to put that into a quick update. So we'll talk about that before we uh, hop over to our uh, major discussions. Yeah, and, but, I, um, and I just wanted to say... Thank you for writing in to us. I mean, we we love that, and it's okay if you disagree with us. It's cool, you know. It was a great topic, so thank yeah. you. Oh, yeah, especially absolutely. if you disagree with disagree with us, because we'll fight you on the podcast. <laughs> it's good content. No, no, like, <laughs> no. Bob is right. Like, yeah, thanks for you know, uh, you know, giving your opinion on the topic. It was it was great. And nah, we, I don't think we, I don't think anybody here thought you were salty about it. I mean, you just had you know, you just had your opinion, which is fine, you know. I, I say like it's fine like yeah we allow you to have your opinion it's not like yeah. that <laughs> yeah. no, it's, te- it's definitely like that it's, that's exactly <laughs> what it's like <laughs> uh, but no seriously thank you though we appreciate you you know reaching out to us so it's all good all right so 
with that, let's hop into some quick updates before we hop into our main discussion. First of all, Roadhog changes are coming onto the PTR this week, uh, according to Jeff Kaplan. He said, or he, at least he says he hopes that uh, some changes are coming to the PTR, or he expects them to uh, later this week. And what we can gather, it's not a rework, just a balance update. So we're going to see some number tweaks. Uh, maybe his fall-off damage is going to be changed a little bit from what they had, from what they changed the last time. I don't know. That's just pure speculation. So they say later this week, it's already Tuesday. I'm expecting them maybe Thursday, you know, or Friday. Shit, it could be on the weekend for all we know on the PTR. But we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah. Uh, looking at for that later this week. Also, <laughs> I saw this post in the forums. Actually, I saw several posts in the forums about this, and I didn't think it was a big deal, but the amount of forum posts I saw, I guess it is a big deal. You know, when Halloween Terror came out, and we saw they made a change to Chateau Giard, which is a deathmatch map, essentially. Um, we didn't see why you would do that. Like, who plays deathmatch who plays free-for-all apparently a lot of people do because they are pissed that that there's no regular ffa it's only mystery ffa this week they're actually <laughs> they're pretty miffed about it <laughs> so i'm like oh i guess a bunch of people do play ffa yeah i think i'll i think a lot of people just use it to warm up too i know i always jump in for like a couple games and just warm up but I mean, mystery heroes could do that for me fine too. But if people want to warm up on a specific hero, it might be kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, I don't think that's what's happening. I think these people will really like to play FFA. I don't think it's about the warm up because you can warm up on a character in quick play. You know, if if it's mystery FFA, not, like people are not pretty as mechanically fast though. Like you just get right back into the action in FFA. So it's a, definitely a faster mechanical warm up. Yeah, but I don't think it's form post worthy to be honest. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're somebody who's just looking for to to warm warm up, uh, you know, I don't think it's an issue. Actually, I'm just gonna read this quick form post. Stop removing regular FFA, all caps. Why are the dev ignoring feedback? There are countless threads about this, which there are. I, I couldn't count them, so therefore they are countless. I don't care well, about mystery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care about mystery FFA. Some people like it, some don't. Fine. Let it be on rotation with the other modes, but regular FFA should be there all the time, same as Mystery 66. People use it to warm up, have some fun before the actual game. Why remove this for a week? Again. That's, you know, that's me trying to guess how they're going to say. Um, so. Jeez. I got. I, mean, I got to be uh, honest with you. Like, as it's something we've kind of talked about before. There are certain modes in the arcade that should be there all the time. They shouldn't get removed. Three v three elimination should not get, uh, you know, should not get removed from the list. Regular deathmatch shouldn't get removed from the list. You know, some of the 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 other like you know, um, no gravity mystery heroes, uh, super Shimada brothers. If they even still do that shit, you know, stuff like that. Okay, let that rotate. But I'll core, tell you, I bet you there's more people that like mystery heroes than, uh, than uh, like three v three. Yeah, I love maybe. mystery heroes. It's great. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's I a mean, lot like, of people that love mystery heroes. 
I'm not saying there isn't. No, <laughs> All I'm, I'm saying I'm, is that I'm agreeing with you that subs should always be there, but like I think mystery heroes should be one of those that should always be there. I think Bob likes mystery heroes. I hate mystery <laughs> heroes. Mel loves mystery heroes. And oh, everybody for, always is like, life. Yeah, let's play. Let's play. And I'm like, oh fine. Play this. I liked yeah. I liked Mystery Heroes for like the first year that I played the game. So Mystery Heroes is an alteration of a game type, but Deathmatch and 3v3 are completely different game types. Like they, they're core game types. And that's why like stuff like that should not be um removed, right? Like I think like no limit. No limit should never be removed. 3v3 should never be removed. Deathmatch should never be removed. And then at that point, you still can have three rotating game types. You know? Like, I don't see like I don't see the problem with that. But they do take away stuff. Like, I would love for, you know, 3v3 elimination to be available more often because every time I go, I'm like, oh, man, well, I kind of want to play some 3v3. I go, it's not there. It's not available. And I'm like, why, Jeff? Why? You know? So, yeah, that's that's definitely something that should be um, – I just want you to scream why right there. Why? Just really loud. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the satisfaction, Bob. <laughs> so, um, but one thing I did want to talk about – Why? Why? <laughs> you forsaken me. One thing I do want to bring up that wasn't in our notes here that I kind of forgot about, and it's actually – I believe it's – um. Eternity Lotus or Eternal Lotus. He, I forget his actual name on Discord. I think it's Eternity Lotus. Brought it up. And I saw it while I was out and I meant to put it into our topic so it's not forgot. But uh, he, uh, somebody posted in the Overwatch forums and brought up the fact that Fortnite is banning people for using XIM. Which that's the thing that allows you to use mouse and keyboard on your controller. On your Xbox, that's what that's what that's the thing that you can buy that allows you to use mouse and keyboard on your controller. And remember, I said that Microsoft logs devices <laughs> that you plug into your X that you plug into your Xbox. You know that's how they're able to detect it. And Fortnite is banning people for that. So the forum post before it got deleted, and that's the key. The forum post was asking why. It actually was saying that Blizzard has no excuse anymore. Because it kind of does break break the news that if Blizzard really wanted to, they could scan for that and they could ban people. They could. Uh, so the forum post was like, Blizzard, you have no excuse. Why are you not banning people on Xbox that are using XIM? On you know? a crazy and side note. Sorry, but you said, uh, you said uh, uh, Fortnite, right? Dude, yeah. they're going nuts. Like Ninja, the most popular Fortnite uh, streamer was on Ellen, dude. Was on Ellen, and she played Fortnite with him. <laughs> what the hell? What I want to say, they're killing it, dude. Jeez. What I want to know is why the hell is Fortnite banning people for using mouse and keyboard when there's literal crossplay between PC, mobile, and Xbox? Because the because the lobbies are split. Yeah. You, you can you can XI. get on like you can play with your friends in a in a keyboard lobby on Xbox like. Not in the seasons, though. I don't think. I think there's no, split it's lobbies all the time. for the seasons. I mean, I used to I used to play all the time with uh, Frank and his son because he would be on the Xbox and Frank and I would both be on our PCs and like during the seasonal stuff. 
Well, I don't have. I I, I don't. I played Fortnite all two times, so I can't. I'm not going to argue with you. But yeah, from what sure I've heard either. from Fortnite players, there are split lobbies. But additionally, XIM tricks the Xbox into thinking your mouse and keyboard is a controller. So you do get some extra features that the normal mouse and keyboards wouldn't use, or uh, uh, mouse and keyboard users wouldn't get, like aim assist. You do get aim assist while using oh, XIM. Oh okay. shit. Yeah. So, yeah. For now, for if you are a if you're an actual like if you're a regular mouse and keyboard user like coming from PC, I I, I would think aim assist will be super annoying. You I know, don't to know. Deal I'd have to try it before I know. <laughs> so you gotta right, have to but, know. Yeah. Go ahead I've never had aim assist. Never had aim assist oh. on a mouse before. Ooh, I don't recommend it. Maybe it was just implemented wrong. But there are some older games that tried to do it to help people out. Oh, that was fucking. Fucking terrible. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, like, but yeah. So they're they're banning people for that. And the big question was, well, why isn't Blizzard doing it? Why isn't Blizzard looking for these people who are cheating using XIM? And the post got removed. So no. I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> Maybe they're like, we're working on it. Shh, shh. <laughs> you know, I don't know. They might be what they, I don't know what they, so I think what the, what Fortnite is doing is they are, like, if you used it before, it didn't matter. But if you use it after they put this policy in place, then they start banning. Blizzard likes to do mass bans, right? So yeah, they, they just like banned to, a whole bunch of boosters, 1,400 of them in Asia. Right, like, they like to ban a bunch of people at one time, so what they'll usually do is gather the evidence see who they need to ban and ban them all together. So they may be tracking people who use XIM. They may be like, okay, this person has it, this person has it. Just like they did with people who were using Pursuit and Visor. Like, we know that you were using Visor or Pursuit, so this is a warning shot. With XIM, they may not do They may just do the bans. But then it, here's, the, here's the thing, though. You're not, and this may be part of the problem. You're not required to use a Blizzard account when you play Overwatch. They need to require people on console to use Blizzard accounts. They would. It would, one, help with the smurfing issue on console. Because instead of just, uh, I mean, like, you would have to, it's annoying for us to make new emails to, after buying new accounts. But for them, like, that's basically, like, they would just constantly be making new emails to make new accounts and stuff like that. It should be required. And it definitely can be required because, I mean, in the past I don't know. I would say eight years. I've played several games that on console that required you to log into their service to play um, Madden. Uh, Madden, yeah, to to play even the single player version of the game. So Blizzard can definitely force you to uh, use a Blizzard account with your copy of Overwatch for console. And I think they would have to put that in place beforehand. But go ahead. I will Bob. say that would be. Because EA failed with that for like the first few years because I used to run an online Madden League and boy, man, it was uh, rough early on because it like auto-logged people in but then changed people's password and then people could, it was it was a nightmare, dude. But oh, yeah. well, if implemented right, it could be good, but I just wonder how much the cost of that is. That's where I think right. they might be, that's where I think they just might not want to do it is because of the cost well, of it. Well, the, the cost of what 
the the cost of them doing it should be significantly less than when EA did it and when Ubisoft did it because they've already done it and they've worked out the kinks. So just pay attention to where they failed. Don't fail in the same place and implement it. <laughs> Is it going to be cheap? Probably not, but it'll help with a bunch of problems. Like one of the issues that console users have and several of our listeners have brought up is that when they're trying to get action taken on certain things, like, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, certain people should be banned or maybe they caught a temporary ban or stuff like that, they can't get any help because when they go to Blizzard, Blizzard says talk to Microsoft or talk to Sony. When they talk to Sony or Microsoft, Microsoft or Sony says talk to Blizzard. So take some ownership, make them get the Blizzard account, and then you can take action directly against them. You know? So I, 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 I wonder why they deleted the post, and hopefully they will be doing something soon about that. But let's go ahead and move on to our uh, main topics here. And the first one is about Bastion and one tricks kind of we're we're really putting that together here and this technically speaking this was a community question um and it came from mind of mercy on twitter and sorry for not getting back to you on twitter uh but i want to take time to watch the videos and then you know respond i just never had like time to like fully respond to it so here we go now it's a full topic here's my response uh but the tweet <laughs> said it's a hatred you know I love your opinions, boss. Your take, it all. also, it does seem kind of douche-like, but whatever. Much love, fam. Here's the vids in question. So this is what he's talking about. So Colorblind is a streamer. Actually, I think he's a Grandmaster. I believe he's a Grandmaster streamer who is colorblind. And um, he responded to a post from, or to a video from Blame the Controller. That was about Bastion and how Bastion needs to be reworked because what Blame the Controller did, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but what Blame the Controller did, he brought up the fact that, you know, Symmetra was reworked so that she's more, so that she's picked more. Torbjorn's being reworked because, you know, so he can be picked more. But Bastion is going to be the last one, last character left that is, he called it a troll pick. But in reality, it's a specialized pick. It's a specialized character. Bastion doesn't work in every situation, um, and he's a specialized character. But what he wants is for Bastion to be changed um, so that he can be played more, essentially. So uh, Colorblind made a reply video to that, and I guess maybe even commented on Blame the Controller, and Blame the Controller replied with this he says influx of one trick bastion saying the same thing all one trick players say the hero is fine the absolute last person you should ever listen to for hero balance is a one trick who selfishly refuses to switch refuses to cooperate with the team and plays the hero regardless of situation those one trick believe their hero is viable all the time which is precisely why you should never listen to them doesn't matter if you are bronze or gm it's all selfish players who want to play their hero and ignore the issues because for them, they will one trick no matter what. So they don't care that the hero is less than 1% pick rate. So should Blizzard listen to the advice of one tricks for their characters? Now I kind of want to pick apart what blame the controller said here in this situation um, because he's not 100% right, but he's not 100% wrong. Right? So a one trick doesn't necessarily think that their character is viable all the time. They just want to play that character and therefore they will. Um, 
we've talked about it several times. I do think that one tricking is not the way to play. I, actually, I think we're all in agreement here. One tricking is not the way to play Overwatch. It's not optimal. Um, and it does hurt your team more than not when, when most people do it. And it is kind of a selfish way to play the game. You know, it, it, is, it is 100% a selfish way to play the game. On the other side of that, him saying that the absolute last person you should ever listen to for hero balance is a one trick. That's not necessarily true, to be perfectly honest with you. It really depends on who the person is, you know? If that one trick is a grandmaster on a character that's picked, like, according to him, like, less than 1%. I think Bastion's pick rate in grandmaster is like 30% or something like that. It's below 50% for sure. Um, or maybe not. Actually, uh, it might have been 50% as of like last week or something like that. But like, it's still a, kind of like a lower pick rate. He didn't... I'm, I'm sorry, but that Grandmaster didn't just get lucky and make it to Grandmaster. Like, they... The way you make it the Grandmaster on a one-trick is essentially perfecting the play on that character. You learn the strengths of that character. But more importantly, you learn the weaknesses of that character. You maximize your strengths by by putting yourself in proper positions and playing uh, in a certain way, and you minimize your weaknesses by not allowing them to be exploited. You know, and I'll say that's probably the key, especially as a Bastion, especially if you are a one-trick Bastion, you really have to be very mindful of your weaknesses. The fact that you are a huge box that in your most powerful mode you cannot move, you got to keep that shit in mind. You know, you do. Not to mention, like, I mean, and, and when it comes to, to Bastions, I think making, like, you know, making a huge impact with a Bastion is about thinking about how people think about how Bastions should play. They, your enemies will generally think about how Bastions should be played and think that's what you're going to do. And if you can trick them, or I shouldn't say trick them, but if you could play in a different way and, uh, you know, catch them off guard, you're fine. Actually, you should play Bastion like Hanzo. Not actually play him like Hanzo, but the shit that Hanzo says. Strike where they do not expect. You do that shit with Bastion, you're gonna kill a bunch of people. <laughs> you know? Like, um, actually, perfect example. You could, because I mean, once you could I... say that for, like, any type of character, though, that can do damage and can, you know, you could say that about Brigitte, too. We've had you can't, like well, I've had times where Brigitte is like flanked and whooped the shit out of us because she ends up taking out one of our healers right at the start of the fight and like we're like fuck and it's like she yeah. shouldn't be doing it but like it's working you know what I mean like <laughs> but get, getting killed by Brigitte is a lot, kind of like a slow burn right versus like let's say like Soldier seventy six like if Soldier gets good positioning and without his ultimate let's just say just him and his kit he gets good positioning behind you uh and you you know he starts shooting for you from behind he can get some damage out he may take out one person but you can still kind of turn around at that point and address him uh i was just getting ready to say when i watched the video when i watched uh blame the controllers video about how ineffective bastion is i was like well let's i haven't played bastion in a long time like you know primarily let me go you know check it out and see how it is dude i if you can sneak up on a team with Bastion, you could take out two, three, four of them at once. You know, he's like, there's not that many characters that can do that super fast. You know, that that's what I'm saying. Like, so you play Bastion like you like 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 with the, if you play Bastion with the sayings of Hanzo in mind, like with the Hanzo mantra, like his voice lines, you're gonna be in good shape. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
to say like a grandmaster, if it's, it's to say like a grandmaster, you shouldn't listen to a grandmaster who one tricks Bastion about character balance. I think that's wrong. I mean, you shouldn't listen to every one trick for sure. Like, I'm pretty sure there's some, like, the, we, you know, we've been talking about the one trick mercies in gold and in platinum who complained about the changes that Mercy had and how she's not the way she she used to be. I mean, she's she definitely got more balance. She made other healers, by, by pulling her down a little bit, it definitely helped uh, make the other healers more viable and such. And it's um, not just that, but it's the buffs the other healers got, too. The other healers got a lot of buffs, she got nerfs and like those together really brought the the heels down. Right. But yeah, like still if, if Mercy was still outputting as much healing as she was, yes, Anna would be better with her fourteen shots versus ten, you know. But still Mercy would still be in a if you want if you're talking about consistent healing, you know, Mercy would still probably be in a better spot. So um yeah, so like if you listen to one trick like that, like let's say Bastion got nerfed, and then one trick like, "Oh no, you should bring his shield back," <laughs> and that that'll that's the way Bastion should be played with his own personal shield again. That's one. That's one. That's a different story. Like you really have to listen to what the one trick is actually saying, and listen to, uh, uh you know, look at the rank, how good they are with a character. What's up, Kendra? Uh, from a different perspective, I'm going to disagree with you. Walking the thin line here. But, um, You're fine, Kendra. Get the fuck off my show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. No, go for it. Uh, I, I kind of have to agree with what he said, though, because when you one trick a character that is very low pick rate and you even when you play him in an, an unorthodox way. Yeah, you can be super effective with that. There's no denying that you can be extremely effective playing someone like Bastion uh, in odd strange ways or like Torbjorn things like that and ways that people don't know how to counter and ways that aren't seen very often but as soon as that character becomes viable and this this tactic becomes a strategy then counters become more commonplace teams get together and counter you only have five six minutes per game to counter a bastion doing some weird ass shit um, and if you're a grandmaster, you have a better chance of doing that. But if you ch- if you're a one trick, you're more likely to change up your tactics. You're, you're going to have several tricks up your sleeve, not just one. Uh, but if you change your character in certain ways to make these tactics more effective, uh, that one tricks like to use things like that, then they do become actual tactics that you see and use and become countered. So that's not necessarily what I would say is the best thing to do. Not not, not to mention that when you're a one trick, generally, uh, unless you're part of a team, you're solo queuing. And when you play solo queuing, you're playing in a solo queue mindset as well. Um, yeah, you might work with your team a bit and strategize in certain ways occasionally, but you're not always going to be synergist with your team. Overwatch is a team game. And if you're looking at the highest level, like Overwatch League and, you know, very high pro level stuff, they're not going to be doing these weird one trick tactics unless it's built around like this bastion. It's like protect the president kind of situation. They're going to have strategies that they use that are built from the ground up to work. Not just there's not going to be one bastion off to the side doing some weird ass shit, you know. So if you base your adjustments on what a couple of one tricks say is effective in the solo queue ladder versus what pros and other people that are flex picks, uh, flex players uh, say would be more effective for team play. 
I would go with what's better for team play over what a solo or a, uh, a one trick would say. I'm going to say one thing and I'm going to let Bob go because Bob wanted to say something. Nobody said that you should listen to one tricks over flex picks. That's not what uh, that's not what we were going with. What blame the controller says you should never listen to one tricks. And that's what I was saying is not <laughs> true. I'm just Bob, saying. go ahead. I was going to say, I heard both sides and Kinder wins. <laughs> I was going to say that before he went on to, no, but. You're fired. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, so what tricks could definitely know, like, Jaws right and you're right. I mean, but who are you going to balance with? Like, we've had this conversation before. I'm always going to go with the pro with the pro players too. I'm well, you're gonna... always going to say pros, but before you continue, let me just reiterate <laughs> that the the issue is not who you should listen to for balance changes. It's that All you right. should never listen to one. I know. Okay, so what I want to say then is blame the controller. He's a young guy. He just needs to work on his word. Don't make excuses for him, Bob. <laughs> many one tricks would be bad to listen to in this situation, and then. I mean, when you speak in ultimatums, of course, you're always going to be wrong. I'd say he's right in a, the majority of situations, whether that's 55% or 75%, I don't know. But he's probably right in the majority of situations because the majority of people don't understand the game and all of its characters and how they work together. So, you know, even the... Div- the developers change things and then like later on they're like, oh shit, I didn't think how that would affect the other character in this 1v1. You know, it's just too much to think about. So a one trick would probably have the least amount of information about the rest of the game. It's kind of like, should I should I listen to uh should I listen to the guy in marketing about how to do my job in engineering? You know, like it's just, you know, that's what you have managers for and supervisors for is to oversee the different departments. So, so that's like, where I'm like at I with said, that. Like I said, um, before both of you said anything, I said that you, it's not about, uh, you have to pay, it's, it's not just about somebody one-tricking the character. You have to pay attention to how good they are and also what they're saying about the, about the, about the character, right? And it's not an issue of who you should listen to, like these guys versus these guys, but to completely discount their opinion just because they're a one trick isn't a uh, that that's that's not the way to go. Especially if you make balance changes to a, a, a character, that's probably going to make the person who one tricks that character that much stronger with them. So the reason blame the controller once Bastion rebalanced and let's be honest, Blizzard's probably going to do it because of their balance philosophy is because he has a low pick rate. You shouldn't rebalance characters just because they have a low pick rate. There's nothing wrong with Bastion. He's not out of balance. He is a cannon. He does a shit ton of damage, but his weakness is that is his mobility shit ton of damage, not mobile, especially when he is uh, in his most powerful mode. That's, that's his counter. He's a he's a he's a specialized pick. He's a niche pick. If Bastion was available, if they made balance tweaks to Bastion to make him more viable, uh, you know, to make him even more powerful or or picked more often, at the higher ranks he'd probably be, you know, out of control. 
Um, or I should say at the higher ranks, sorry. At the higher ranks, you'd have people who would be that much more powerful with, from, with him. And then at the lower ranks, he would uh, be a huge mess. You know what I'm saying? He would be like, it, it would be not fun to play against him. What Colorblind was talking about, if you watch his videos, is he was saying that, actually, he said just what, what, what I said, that Bastion, because he actually admitted that Bastion's not optimal all the time. He just plays Bastion all the time. But that Bastion, you know, he wouldn't want to play Overwatch if there was a Bastion in every single game. He said Overwatch wouldn't be fun. It was just funny coming from a Bastion man who plays Bastion every game, right? He's saying Overwatch wouldn't be as fun because Bastion slows down the game, you know, which is, you know, a pretty, I think that's a pretty valid opinion. Like when there's a Bastion on the field, you really have to coordinate and take time to figure out what's going on. One of the biggest reasons in lower ranks that a Bastion could just blow through an entire map, let's say... Because um, everybody you know, would be So everybody would exactly. like they- be Wuds Bastion that dies. Ding. Exactly. Ding. exactly. Ding. Like, they don't, they don't organize. They don't, like, you know, get into a high position and then drop down on them no matter how many times I try to explain the concept. I like, get up here. Don't peek. Don't peek. Oops, he died. Okay, never mind. Fuck it. Everybody, <laughs> just go and dive in. Go everybody and says, okay, got it. And the two people drop, and I'm like, shit! Guys, yeah, now, <laughs> yeah, like that. That's the thing. Like you have to. He does slow down the game, um, but if you ha- if Bastion was actually, I, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of Bastion. I don't like Bastion. I don't like the kit of Bastion. But in terms of balance of Bastion, strengths versus weaknesses, I really can't argue with it too much. Um, I don't think he really needs, I, I think to, if you want to balance him out just a little bit more, ironclad should probably not be a thing to be honest with you, because if he's going to get into sentry mode, he should be, it should be required that he works with his team, you know? Um, but, and actually it almost is like that right now. So in terms of balance, I really don't see what else they could do with Bastion, but just to change him, just to make more people pick him on a regular basis, that's not a reason to change the character. You know, it wasn't a reason to change Symmetra. It wasn't like, I think Symmetra does have a higher pick right now and I find her more fun, but I'd still be playing Overwatch all the same. If she was left, if she was left the way she was, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it was necessary. I I find her weird. And I don't know. I don't know if she's doing good or bad. I don't know if her (laughs) shield placement's good or bad. I just don't know. I, I when honestly doubt, Bob, think that split the enemy team, split the enemy team. When in doubt, that's that's what. You yeah. <laughs> uh, I honestly but, think they did a, a great job uh, balancing Symmetra because uh, at the lower tiers, a Symmetra that had any kind of pocket on her was devastating. You know that lock on beam that was a problem in like bronze and silver and even low gold. Uh, it was scary and not fun to play against her. And the turrets, you know, it was there were almost useless kind of annoying uh teleporter was just kind of weird and finicky and super situational so she didn't really have a place in the lower or the higher tier because she was kind of overpowered the lower and worthless and higher but she is now she's very capable of being really really solid i mean you of all people should know that um but she's also (laughs) she also doesn't feel like she's freaking broken right now or anything so i think that they did a great job with that and Go ahead. I didn't say that the balance job was bad. Like I said, I enjoyed it. But if they didn't do it, I'd be like, eh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> no, but right. go ahead. I mean, you know, on that 
on that balance philosophy, making her a viable pick, you know, you, you don't really want to have any character in your game, which is part of their philosophy that isn't really good in any situation or very, very few situations to play. Uh, I'd, I'd say that what you were saying about Bastion's correct, uh, that he is, he is niche and he works in enough situations and works in enough, uh, gimmicky fun plays, you know, in games. And even sometimes in Overwatch, like you've seen a couple of those, uh, protect the president type plays, uh, that do work and can work. He's just not as highly picked as the rest. And that does that justify a rework? Eh, I, I think they could tweak numbers a little bit and he'd be just fine. If that. I think they right. did themselves in by putting out the last the last Bastion movie. I mean, everybody loves him now. No, we don't. Yes, just because do. you cried, Bob, doesn't mean everybody loves oh, him. Oh, everybody cried. Right into us. No. Every, everybody we, cried. No. I. Well, everybody, I, I rolled my eyes. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> He's a killing machine. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's like, I said the the original question is like, should you listen to one tricks uh, about their characters? And I think depend like you, you really have to pay like it depends who the person is, right? And if they're making valid points, if they're making points just to make their character OP, of course. you know, like oh, I, <laughs> I want a five man race, like you know, like that's that's a different story. But if they're actually making technical points about the character and they can show that the character can be viable if played in various ways, you know. One of my favorite things to do as Bastion is to get the recon kill card. It's my favorite thing to do with him. <laughs> is to play Bastion and not go into sentry mode. Because you know what happens? This is what happens. When, and actually, it fucking happened today. When the enemy team sees a Bastion, right? They just sit there and they're, like, they're waiting for you to go into sentry so they could do something about it. Or they focus on you super hard. And basically what was happening is... In one game, the enemy team would jump me almost every time, and between my heal and the two healers' heal, I was able to stay up while the rest of the team just cleaned up the team that was after me. And then the other, another game that I played, I was able to kill so many of them in recon because they were waiting for me to go into sentry. You know, <laughs> like they, like they it's just like they expect the bastion to do certain things, and I'm not even a great bastion. You know what I'm saying? I'm just playing. It's like more. It's like a psychological thing with them. Like I know what they expect for me to do, and I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can you can make plays off of that. So, I mean, you find it's be, just because a one trick can find interesting ways to play the character. You know, um, it, it, I don't think that discounts their opinion on the character. You know, I think it kind of is like, well, if you play him like this or you play him like that, you know, you you, you make some changes, the character can be pretty you know, pretty useful. Right. And yeah. I, I didn't say that you shouldn't take them into account. You should obviously take them into account because they do know the character very, very, very well. But right. I wouldn't base any balance changes solely or mostly even on no. just solo or just one trick's input. No, like that, that, that would be a bad idea. And the thing about another thing about one tricks, even though like they, yes, they do play that one character, but they are very familiar with the intera- with the interactions that character has with almost every other character in the game. You know, they know what a Winston can do to make their life hell. 
They know what Azaria can do to make their life hell. You know, they know what a Sombra can do to make their life hell. So they are pretty familiar with that. And I think that's actually some pretty important input. Balance changes shouldn't come from a single source. Balance changes shouldn't just come from pros. It shouldn't just come from low tiers. It shouldn't just come from one tricks. It should come from a collection of different people. That's how, you know, you, you, need, you need a really good sample size to get good balance information. If you're going to use Blizzard's current balance philosophy, which is pretty much middle of the road, you know what I'm saying? If they were if they were balancing it toward competition, that's a different story. Then you then then you have to you know then you probably want to limit it to high tier players at that point. But that's not how Blizzard balances their games. Well, at least Overwatch, I should say. Well, most of their games, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you make so, some good points. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to to Mercy a little bit. And there was a thread. And actually, uh, we picked up this thread on Sunday night when I did my form surfing stream. And I want to give a shout out to the guys who came out and, uh, you know, hung out with me while I did some form surfing. We had a good time. A um, couple laughs. And inside joke for those who were there, I'm still mad at Nebby. I'm still upset at Nebby, and I'm not going to explain it because you should have been there. <laughs> you should have been there. <laughs> okay. Um, but this person, uh, they Cerberus four three seven, says that uh, you know well they had some ideas for mercenary work, and I'm not I, I'm not saying I'm not necessarily agreeing with everything he says here, but I thought it was interesting. So I'll start from the top. Uh, I'll just kind of move through the whole thing, and then we'll talk about it. So he, uh, for the Caduceus staff, he says, healing per second increased by 20%, and damage boost now affects self-destruct. I'll come back around to that. Um, resurrect removed. Biotic, and actually, let me read his reasoning. He says, in any form, I felt this ability was too controversial as an ability. It creates too many restrictions in her kit to balance it out, while as an ultimate, it causes too much backlash from the community, regardless of its balance. That's true. That is a pretty true uh, statement. And uh, he introduced a new ability called Biotic Barrier. And it says Mercy's beam target gains 33% damage resistance. Toggle ability like Defense Matrix. He says you should be, so you should be able to toggle it. Four-second maximum duration. Fully recharges over eight seconds. Toggle begins by pressing the button and then pressing it again ends it. It says originally I played with that, this idea in my head a lot before deciding on this version. I thought of giving it 50% in exchange for one third of her healing while active, and a few other ideas before deciding on this one due to it being the easiest balance in terms of, of uh, balance of my ideas. And then he had some changes for Valkyrie. It says duration reduced to eight seconds. Regen can be interrupted. Caduceus staff chain beams removed. Healing beam increased to 200 healing per second during Valkyrie. Damage boost now gives a 15% attack speed boost as well. Biotic barrier creates a 10 meter aura around the beam target, granting 33% damage reduction. And the alt, car, alt charge costs increase from 1950 to 2325. It says one complaint you'll see over and uh, uh, see all over about Valkyrie is that it feels like an unimpactful spectator mode. With this Valkyrie, I set out to change that by increasing its HPS a little over threefold, removing the chain beams and cutting the duration nearly in half. This serves two purposes, to give its impact with 200 healing per second and reduce its feeling of a spectator mode by making the player juggle their beams to use Valkyrie and <clears throat> to the best of their abilities. And the alt charge was increased to compensate 
for her high alt charge gain and now strong ultimate. And he actually even had some achievement changes. Group health plan redu <laughs> reduced 200 damage on five different teammates without dying. Uh, huge res, bring teammates from, from critical to full 10 times without dying. So, uh, in terms of his changes to the Caduceus staff, I don't think they're necessary at all. I don't think her healing needs to be increased again. And her damage boost to self-destruct, that really only helps Road that really only helps against Roadhog. I think Roadhog is the only person who can survive a diva like, you know, self-destruct. He's the only person. Because, you know, he usually hits the bait but cuts it in half, whatever he he lives. Resurrect removed. If you have listened to this show for any period of time, you probably know that I am totally okay with this. Resurrect <laughs> does not belong in first person shooters <laughs> with with long TTKs. Resurrect and like uh, Battlefield is a different story. You know, that's that's a totally different story because Battlefield does not ha has a very low TTK. You can resurrect somebody and they just immediately die again because they just got sniped through the noggin. <laughs> you know, like that's how that's the way the game works. Or they resurrect somebody, they turn a corner, get sprayed up, and they're gone. You know, so that I, yeah, I, I think takes, resurrect takes is the biggest problem with resurrect. Yes, yeah, it is because you know the, the game has a, long, a, a high TTK anyway. But then you resurrect somebody to full health, you know. So you, know, you take you take you finally take down a roadhog and you bring him back. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I will say yeah. though that the problem with removing resurrect is lore. Uh, she's very lore heavy. That, that's her whole thing is resurrect. I mean, it's kind of like the definition of of what mercy does and is. Um, is her whole ability to res? I mean, her character is literally an angel. I mean, I heard, so, so there's that. And go ahead, good. I was like, I heard a good idea a long time ago. I think it was John Horstman. Uh, actually, he used to do the payload, but he said something like, uh, "Mercy has to channel resurrect, and if it's two seconds, they come back with twenty five." Uh, percent life if it's you know three seconds then it's 50 percent life you know and then like just the longer she's able to channel it the more the the more alive she could bring him back i mean if you brought back a tank and he only had 25 percent of his life that would feel a lot more fair than him coming back full life that's actually what i was gonna say next is like uh, a different idea which i like that idea better actually um i was gonna say like the more health that uh, target has uh, the longer it takes to resurrect them. So like if they have if they're 200 health hero, two seconds, 500 health hero, five seconds, something like that, you know, but so I, I think that'd be good too. So the reason why I don't think, first of all, Blizzard doesn't give a fuck about the lore. If they did, they'd have more of it. They'd have channels to give it to us better, but they're not wrong. So, <laughs> okay, let's just get out of the way. But the, another thing is like, it's, this wouldn't be the first time they changed a character. They, they've changed game lore. This would not be the first time they've done that. Uh, the best example I can give is um, Reaper Mercy. If you played Reaper before Moira came out, Reaper and Mercy had voice dialogue about how Reaper became what he is. And it was Mercy's fault, but they never dug into it. When she says, she says to something to the effect of Reaper, what happened to you? And he was like, you, tell you know me, what you Doug. did to me. And then he had that right. one too. That was the second one. He had, you tell me doc. And he's like, you know what you did, you know? So it was something that mercy did to him that made him reaper, but no, 
Moira comes out, and now Reapers, you know, Wraithing and stuff like that, that has to do with her, and Moira just has a better version of that. So they've already changed lore in the game. Um, since lore is not inscribed Maybe anywhere. Mercy is we'll Moira. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. <laughs> Hyde type of situation. Sometimes she's Moira, sometimes she's Mercy. Uh, Never seen him in the same place. At least not on a good yeah. team. <laughs> <laughs> good one, yeah. good one. Yeah. Oh but, shit, um, that was a good yeah, one. So I don't think I don't think Laura <laughs> should hold them back from making balance changes. That's that's most certainly I, I don't think so. Um so I do think I, I just think res should be removed. They should focus on abilities that makes it harder for that helps the team stay alive in the first place. And if you can get through that, okay, well then that person is, is dead. Um now I think the ability that I kind of want to focus on is the biotic barrier and i want to get you your you guys opinion on the biotic barrier before i go into it but go ahead anybody have an opinion bob uh, always has an opinion go for it bob well it's kind of in, it's interesting uh it adds another layer to her i guess and it would be in place of resurrect so it'd be it would be nice for her to have you know something there but <clears throat> I don't know. I, I I mean, yeah, it could be cool. I I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know. It just it. I don't know. It's what I got. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bob doesn't know. Kendra doesn't know either. Look I'm at gonna, that face. I'm That's, gonna say I'm gonna say no on that one because if I was you think about nice. it, you get. <laughs> If that's an eight second ability and it's a ten meter radius that you have this uh, damage reduction on, you basically have a team of vaping roadhogs for eight full seconds walking onto a point. Um, you know, you get that completely eliminates the use of Lucio's ult uh, because his ult basically does something similar, but it only lasts a couple of seconds. Uh, and you walk in the point with all these people with 33% damage reduction, you have mercy Moira Moira's just pissing on the entire death ball. And then you have mercy with our damage reduction on the entire team, just wrecking shit. What do you do? Well, well, I will say though, they made changes a while back that, uh, stopped you from stacking damage reduction. Cause remember they made it right after the big bastion change where he got that damage reduction. And, Anna could, yeah, Anna could throw her nade on him and then uh, something else. And then it was just like it stacked up. And so they made it so you could only stack damage reduction to a certain percent. I forget what the percent is, but it sometimes people would just be wasting shit because they wouldn't realize that it doesn't actually stack. Right. So, yeah, yeah, anything else, Kendra, or can I? Hang on, I'm doing some math real quick. Mind. You know, he's doing some math. Watch out, folks. Careful. Kendra's uh, so we got some explode. time. We got some time. <laughs> <laughs> given given uh, a team of relatively average heroes, say two with 200 health, one with 500, one with 400, you know, et cetera, just, just estimating uh, that 30, 33% damage reduction gives your entire team a total of about 2,260 or so health, plus or minus a few hundred. Well, um, hold on, but it only gives it to your beam target, so it only gives it to your... It, it, he's talking this about the ultimate, radius. right? Yeah, uh, the, he's talking about the ultimate where it goes into a radius. Go ahead, Kendrick. Okay. Yeah. It is a 10-meter radius with a 33% damage reduction. 
I don't know what the DPS numbers are, but they ain't that. Uh, that's basically taking out a uh, Symmetra ultimate. Isn't isn't her uh, ultimate two thousand health, or is it more than that? Five thousand. Is it five thousand health? So it's about taking out. It's taking out about half of that for you know for the entire team. And I don't know of any anything that can really take an entire team out or even do a whole lot of damage uh, that way unless you're like hyper focusing a single, I mean, it's just extremely difficult to do on top of being healed with mercy healing for at least one target. And then uh, like mortar healing or uh, literally any other healing on whatever you got. Uh, so that's stacked on top of whatever they, whatever they've got healing them. So that's just so much health. You, you want a bad TTK. That's how you get a bad TTK right there. Uh, is with that ultimate. And yeah, it's an ultimate and it's probably no worse than like Zenyatta's. But the thing with Zenyatta's, you can counter that with an Ana Grenade. You know, there's not much that can counter that, but you can counter it. You can't counter this. This is full on damage reduction. So you've got eight full seconds of basically being an unstoppable freaking force. And if you're running Trip Tank with two main heals and that, Ah, that's a death ball from hell. Well, one, and don't get me wrong, I, I don't necessarily think this this is the best ability that should be put in place, but what if you could Sombra hack the Mercy while she's doing it, and then it nullifies the effect? You know, because like in, in Valk, you can hack her, she can still fly, but she can't use her abilities. Right. You know. And that so might that's, work. Uh, that's yeah, I guess that would just have to be an ult that can be shut down with Sombra hack. But then that makes yeah, Sombra that, a must-pick against it, too. Yes. Now, um, like I said, I, I, I thought this ability was interesting, not because of what he said. I'm like, huh. I like the fact that she could cast something on somebody. But there's something that the game kind of needs right now. And I've been talking about this in terms of, I hope the next character does this. But what if, instead of giving the beam target 33% resistance, it actually made them invulnerable to CC for a short period of time? That I could get behind. Yeah. That, make, that would make her like a, a tactical pick against certain comps. Yep. That would give you a counter, an actual counter to May without being Zarya or Arissa or Reaper. You right. Know? And that may, would maybe that. even make it like, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I want to hear it. I was going to say, uh, remember back a couple of months ago, people were, or this is probably a couple of seasons ago at this point, but uh, when Ana was really big the first time, people wanted a kind of cleanse ability for the anti-nade that wasn't Zarya. What if you right. implemented something like that, that lasted for mm, just a couple seconds that made, made you invulnerable, invulnerable to CC uh, once per target, maybe for two seconds, something like that on a high cooldown, uh, and did a little bit of healing as well. Kind of like, uh, Brigida's alternate ability, her healing. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I think that would be huge. And then even if we kept it, if it turned into an aura when she ulted, I think that's different than, you know, giving everybody 33% damage reduction, you know, that's, you know, they throws her ult. Go ahead. It's uh, I mean it's OP at that point because then like you can't use a a mail to hold the uh, you know the the second capture point because Mercy can come in Valking and just make it so that 
it doesn't freeze anybody in the middle of the point. You know what I mean? That's like saying that. That's like saying that you can't that you know Zenyatta completely nullifies Genji alt. Well, I'm just saying if this change went in today, she'd be a must pick. But no, that's what I'm saying. Like Genji alt right now, like the, one of the biggest counters of Genji alt is Zenyatta's ultimate. So what do you do as a Genji? You make sure Zen is dead before you ult, or you might waste it. Or you Same wait thing. until you know he's used his ult. Exactly. Yeah. It, exactly. Make sure you wait till you pop this ult. It could be the same exact thing. You don't just, you know, as a May, don't just throw your ult out. You know, don't just throw it out. You know, without knowing that Mercy doesn't have hers, because it is a counterplay to your ultimate. See, right? we you talk know? about all the CC in the game, but start taking out the CC, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Hammond becomes a real monster. You know, like. <laughs> I mean, there's some crazy shit that could happen. Well, Hammond is CC as well. His, his one of his biggest abilities is yeah, pile driving and getting people in the air. One of the biggest, what, best ways to kill him is CC. Also, you know what I mean. Doom but, also, yeah, that, Doom uh, Doomfist too. That's true, and it's a lot easier to kill him if you're not being knocked away from him when he's doing like you know his cheese and stuff like that. You know, imagine if Hammond is about to like you know because one of my favorite things to do in Hanamura is to split the team up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we can, if there's like a, you have people in the front gate, you can use Hammond to just push them right out the way and get your team in, you know? But what if, as Hammond was going to do that, Mercy was like, nah. And just like, you know, he <laughs> made the Reinhardt and Vulnerable's like, ping! <laughs> like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Excuse me. <laughs> like, if you, uh, if you, you were to add to in something like this, oh, good. I was just going to say, you'd have to have Mercy on the other team. Oh. <laughs> Uh, if this particular ability worked very similar, similarly or the same as Arissa's, um, whatever her little shielding ability is, I can't remember what the hell it's called. Uh, but then the counterplay to that, instead of a CC like it is now, becomes high damage uh, or like Roadhog ult even if they aren't being pushed back or can't be booped or things like that. Uh, that gives you an extreme advantage on maps that have really bad environmental hazards like well. Um, and it gives you, uh, it, it leaves you open to things like Roadhog's ult that push you back and do a lot of damage or like Genji ult and that do burst damage, things like that, because you have a, a, uh, mercy that's in the air and not with her team or things like that. You know what I'm saying? You want to hear something funny about being invulnerable to write to Roadhog's ult. Um, as an Arisa player, <laughs> who has done it many times and stopped doing it. I realized it was a mistake. <laughs> One of the worst things you can do when Roadhog is ulting you as an Arissa is, is stand your ground. Right. Yeah, you because just made that shit way more powerful. Exactly. Basically, if you, when, when Roadhog does his ult, he pushes you back, which actually reduces the amount of damage that he's doing to you. However, if you halt... He actually gets all of the damage into you. He yeah. actually he puts the, all, the, all the scrap into you. So that actually could be a trip for Mercy where if Roadhog is That's what I'm doing, saying. His, doing his ultimate. Yeah. And Mercy is like, oh, no, I'm going to save you. You just fucked them, Mercy. That's what you did. You fucked them hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like they're going to die. And that's uh, such a know? high spread and such a massive amount of damage. That could take out a team that's invulnerable to CC. And that would be the counterplay to that. That is very true. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm saying there's, there's a ton of counterplay to it, but at the same time, like people, because one day if you read the forums, people have had it with CC Watch. They've had it. They're done. You know, 
Next to the FFA players wanting FFA available all the time, everybody else is tired of Jeff shit, too, when it comes to CC. <laughs> you know, but... um. Yeah, no, I think that will be that will be a great addition to Mercy specifically because okay, fine, she isn't she isn't pumping out as much healing as she was before, but now you know when she applies this ability in the right situations, she can really you know save a team. Like if she sees a Doomfist charging at some, like charging up to hit somebody, and she saves them real quick. You know, they'll get the initial damage from the punch, right? But maybe it doesn't knock them back into the wall and get that additional 150 damage. Right. You know? So, yeah, I mean, that that's what I think. I think that would be, like, adding an ability like that would help two aspects of the game. It would help her be more tactical. You would have to, um, you play her a bit uh, more intelligently, you know? Not saying that she has she's not intelligent now. Like right now, it's like staying alive with mercy. It's like healing people while also <laughs> not dying. That's but also play make her a more technical pick when you have these high CC comps. You know, I think that that would be a great idea. But I don't think it should be a toggle ability. I think it should be an ability that she casts on somebody, whether like whether she has the beam on them or not. I think if she has the beam on somebody and she sees somebody else, she should be almost like guardian angel where you can have the beam on somebody and turn in a direction and it targets another person. You hit your E or whatever. And yeah, just boom, like that person. Eat yep, exactly. So yeah, I think that would be an amazing addition to mercy. So, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to mercy, I think the only well, I shouldn't that, that I'm gonna say I think the only way is to give her um, a new ability that makes her more of a technical pick. But that that I mean I'm probably that's that's short sighted. I shouldn't say that. Like uh, maybe making more mercy more viable right now um, shouldn't be the top priority. Maybe we should let it sit for a little bit and see you know <laughs> how the meta kind of works out after this new character comes out or whatever you know. Um, when you're dealing with Farrah, she's still probably the best to have, <laughs> you know, because that with that direct healing plus the damage boost. So, but I think this would this would definitely be a huge, um, a huge ability to both for both her and Overwatch because then you can actually add more CC characters because now there's definitely way more uh, counterplay to it. Because at some point, I do think we need a character that can uh, nullify CC effects on other characters. I think we're going to need it because of, right. well, I mean, like, yeah, I think everybody's argued that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're just going to continue to get more characters and they're not just going to have a gun and a shield. Like that's just not <laughs> going to be it. <laughs> I did think of something funny though, and it will never happen. But what if they gave mercy the ability to have two ultimates, which actually I think by the time we get into overwatch year five, uh, that more heroes will have two ultimates. Right. Um, I'm not going to dig into that right now. Uh, but what if they gave her the ability to swap between ultimates and the one ultimate was Guardian Angel and the other ultimate was, uh, was what, what did I call it? What did I think about it? It was um, Angel of Death. <laughs> and basically what it does is it just like gives her two semi-automatic pistols and she could just like just light <laughs> shit up. Like <laughs> no one would use Valkyrie again. They'd have DPS oh, bosses everywhere. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's that's why you have to you would have to change Valkyrie. Um 
you'd have to change Valkyrie to be useful in a utilitarian fashion. But you do the angel of death. I thought that would be fucking hilarious. Just Mercy just kind of like, you know, I've had it with your shit. <laughs> and she can fly right kill people. Adds <laughs> another way to troll with extra freaking <laughs> ultimates. Then it's just be like, oh, yeah, we got a, we got a Mercy. Perfect. Oh, man. She picked angel of death. God damn it. Troll pick. <laughs> Yeah. That would be I just like think- make for some great play of the games, like saving the point. Nothing left but a mercy. Fuck it. Ultin time. <laughs> Duke, yeah. Duke Nukem music comes on. Yeah. What the fuck that? A rip and tear comes on. A fucking <laughs> yeah. BFG division. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that'd be pretty funny. Uh, pretty fucking funny. It gives me a good idea for a video. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, with that, we can uh, start wrapping up here. Uh, I was going to say no community questions, but basically our first topic about Bastion came from what should have been a community question. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean, feel free to drop in community questions throughout the week and you know, I'll try to keep track of them. We'll get them on the show. Uh, the game show episode, I, I'm bringing it up because we're still doing it. I haven't forgot about it. I might not talk about it for a little bit as we try to prep for it. I kind of want to do it right. You know, I want to get, you know, some good questions in. I want to get a good system down. So we're going to do it. However, the community episodes, I believe we're going to have two before the end of the month. We got, I think we got four segments recorded. Um, each one, after I get done editing, editing them, is going to be about 30 minutes or less. Um, so we're going to try to keep the show around an hour-ish. And the I don't want to, like, you know, only put out one episode now and then just hold the episodes we just recorded, you know, for another month. I, I, I want to put the, the episodes that we have out. So I'll put, you know, two episodes. I'll put, I'm going to put one episode out this week and another episode out next week or put the first episode out next week and then the episode after that uh, just so you guys can kind of get a feel for what the community episodes are going to be about. And, you know, hopefully we'll have more people who want to get involved with the community episodes. And uh, just a reminder that you don't have to have special equipment. You don't have to have like a, like a good mic or anything like that. I mean, you, I prefer that you don't have a shit mic. That'd you be great. We'll make but, fun of you, but it, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to have a, a great mic. Um, I mean, even if you want to use Discord, like if you uh, you know don't have a PC setup at all, and you want to use like Discord uh, on your phone for the voice chat, like that's something that I can work with. All right. Uh, so yeah, don't be afraid to reach out and uh, for that. Bob, any game nights that you know about coming around? Not that I know about. Not not this week. Not this week. Okay. And, you know, we talked weeks ago about doing, like, workshops and stuff like that. That is also still on the table, but I haven't been talking about it because, once again, I want to make sure we get it right. Uh, and once we have it together, we'll go ahead and, you know, make it happen. Uh, but, yeah, it's just not coming up right now. But we that is something that is on the table. There are no game nights from us. Right now, we're only running game nights on console anyway. Um, but PC, yeah, I don't think the PS4 guys have announced another game night. They do those theirs a bit more sporadically than um, the Xbox guys do. Even though the Xbox guys play together all the time. But they specifically have game nights on the first Friday of every month. So if you're on Xbox, you should come into Discord and join the Xbox channel. Uh, the next game night should be on November 2nd, Friday, November 2nd. So definitely check that out. I'll try to get on that and maybe a little bit earlier than I was last time. Last time I didn't hop on to like midnight, but we still had a pretty good time. And um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'll talk to the guys who run the PS4 
game nights and see if they want to start, you know, getting stuff scheduled. You know, we'll t- I'll talk to them about that, see how it goes. But yeah, the best bet is just to come into Discord and, uh, you know, hang out there and you'll know when the game nights are happening. You can also join our communities on PS4 and Xbox, which is on the Xbox. It is Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. Actually, both of them are called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch on the Xbox and on the on the PS4. Um, prepare to attack Hanzo episodes out soon. I'm hoping next week, but I can't guarantee, but it should be next week. Uh, we do live stream every Tuesday at 9 p.m. EST, somewhere around that time. So we do, uh, you know, if, you, if you're just listening to this on the podcast and not on the actual, uh, you know, Twitch, we'd love to have you join us on Twitch and have a good time. And we want to hear about your overall story, so we will get into our contact info in a little bit. I just told you about the PS4 and Xbox uh, One communities. And like I mentioned earlier, we'd love to have you on Discord, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. And I always like to talk about Heroes of Overwatch. If you're on Facebook, it's a great Facebook group to be a part of. Uh, lots of friendly players there. So if you're looking for more players to play with or you just want to keep up on news or memes or whatever, i definitely check it out. And uh, with that, I want to thank everybody for listening, of course. You can uh, find us on twitter.com slash watchpointradio. You guys want to give your social media info? You can find me on Twitter at blazin underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. You had to think about how to spell Bob. <laughs> I got stuck there, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at NerfKinderPlus. That's P-L-S. Also, Discord.me slash out and Twitch.tv slash out. Been streaming a little more uh, lately on the Fragging Out channel. Still don't know what's up with the podcast yet. We're working stuff out. We'll new information will come when it comes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I am uh, on Twitter as Church of Jaw, so you can find me there on Twitter. And uh, I do stream on this channel, Twitch.tv slash Mashles Buttons. And uh, I've been doing Sunday pretty consistently. Monday has been a little tough for me because of schedule issues. Not to mention. I got to be honest, I'm really no good on stream or podcast unless I'm going to the gym that day. Like It's very, <laughs> very strange. I have way more energy. So <laughs> and then I'm just an old man. So, um, Why yeah, Monday's here? my rest day. You <laughs> feel it too, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like I said earlier, we, we want to hear your Overwatch story. So please reach out to us. We You can email us at wprmashlessbuttons.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter or on SoundCloud or on Discord, wherever. Just, you know, communicate with us and, you know, we'll talk about your, you know, your, your Overwatch story on the show. If you enjoy the show and you want to, you know, help out, the best way to do that is to share the show with others and also to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can become a patron, which is patreon.com slash watchpoint radio. That helps fund our endeavors here. Uh, and also on Prepared to Attack. You can also uh, buy merch from our Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash store slash mash those buttons. And um, you can become a Twitch subscriber, which helps with our streaming efforts. And we're always looking for ways to you know, bolster our streaming efforts and even our YouTube efforts too. But there's only so much job to go around. So <laughs> we really appreciate the support. We really do. Thank you guys. And, uh, you know, we encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear about our other shows. And with that, we're done. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week.
Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to subscribe to one of our shows, you can find us on multiple podcast platforms across iOS and Android. Just search for the show on a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and hit subscribe. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform of choice, just go right to the MashThoseButtons.com website, grab the RSS feed, and put it into your podcatcher of choice. If you want to check out some other podcasts you may enjoy, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com slash shows. For World of Warcraft fans, we have two podcasts, WoW Talk, which is our news and community podcast, and The Torn and the Goblin, which is our lore and story podcast. If you enjoy Overwatch, make sure to check out Watchpoint Radio to keep up with the latest on Overwatch and its community. If you enjoy fighting games, make sure you check out Double Tap for the latest in the FGC. If you're a fan of The Division or looking forward to The Division 2, make sure you check out Sit Rep Radio. If you want to keep up with the latest that mash those buttons, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mtbsite, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, and youtube.com slash mash those buttons. We'd also like to have you join our Discord community. So just go to discord.me slash mash those buttons and join us for a chat. Once again, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.